yesterday was the Welcome to Winter, Winter Kids, Winter Festival at Payson Park here in Portland. And this has been an annual event for some time, and I have known about it, but I have somehow avoided it. <laughs> um, maybe intentionally, maybe unintentionally. But let's just say that I am usually the person who stays home when Alan takes the girls sledding. And I enjoy that. <laughs> I don't really like to be cold. I have the longest winter coat you can buy. And when that coat is not warm enough, I have my grandma coat that I get out that's made for that like 10 degrees and below. Because I really, really do not like to be I love winter. Somebody at the first service said, oh, I thought, I really like winter. I said, well, I like winter. I just like winter from inside. <laughs> or when I'm well equipped. Well equipped. So yesterday, um, I worked pretty hard at getting well equipped because I was actually excited about this event. And Alan, I knew, had a commitment that was a conflict. So I was the person that was going to take the girls. So I had my long johns on, and my leg warmers on, and my fleece pants on, and my snow pants on, and equal layers on the top as well. <laughs> the problem, and I got the girls dressed in somewhat like manner as much as I could, because I don't want them to be cold either, you know? They don't mind it as much as I do, I discovered. So we went, and we sled down the hill, and we threw the bean boot toss, and it was really fun. But after about an hour, my fingers were not actually that well equipped. Maybe I need better gloves. So they were about to fall off. But we got into the car, and cars are, are a gift in winter. Do you know that? There's no wind. As soon as you get in a car and you shut the door, there's no wind. And wind is the coldest part of winter. It can be really cold and not windy, and it's fine. It's really cold and windy, that's a different story. But the other part of a car is that generally there's a heater. <laughs> and so you turn on the heater and you get warm pretty quickly. Cars are a gift in winter. Because winter is hard and the cold is a difficult thing to endure. It bites at you, right? That wind. But we, in 2016, in Maine, are well equipped, most of us. We have central heating, so that everywhere in our house has heat. And we have double-paned windows, so that the wind doesn't come in through the windows, but the light does. And we have down coats, and warm gloves, and hats, and, you know, we, like, manufacture technology to make the warmest, driest equipment we can have. And we have heated cars. Winter reminds us that we are not self-sufficient. If you thought you could take care of yourself and you didn't need anybody else, Winter reminds you that's not true. We need each other. We need a lot just to survive. 
So, as you may know, the Bible was written not in a climate like ours. Did you know that? <laughs> the Bible was written near the equator. So I thought, I wonder if there's anything in the Bible about winter and snow. And there is. Because it may not snow very much in Israel, but it does sometimes. And the Bible was not also written in this um, decade or century or even millennia. So the reality of winter was not one faced with central heating or double pane glass or the right coat or anything like that. So winter was a powerful force to be ready. So as I read you um, from Psalm 147, I'd like you to remember and to think about the reality over 2,000 years ago, not the reality today, of watching the lovely snowstorm and the snowflakes fall down from your window. Praise the Eternal. It is good to sing praises to our God, for praise is beautiful and pleasant. The Eternal, architect of earth, is building Jerusalem, finding the lost, gathering Israel's outcast. God binds their wounds, heals the sorrows of their hearts. The Eternal counts all the stars, carefully fixing their number and giving them names. <coughs> Our God is great and abundant in power, loving, compassionate, and wise beyond all measure. The Eternal will lift up the lowly, but throw down the wicked to the earth. Open your mouths with thanks. Sing praises to the Eternal. Strum the harp in unending praise to our God, who blankets the heavens with clouds, sends the rain to water the thirsty earth, and pulls up each blade of grass upon the mountainside. Okay, get ready for the snow. The Eternal's command ripples across the earth. God's word runs out on swift feet. God blankets the earth in woolly snow. God blankets the earth in woolly snow, scattering frost like ashes over the land. throws down hail like stones falling from a mountain. Okay, that's a little scary. Can anyone withstand such wintry blast? Can anyone withstand hailstones falling from a mountain? No. Can you? Maybe with your, your hard hat on, right? And your mountain climbing equipment, but winter is hard. Winter is dangerous. And we don't have to go back that far in time to be reminded that winter is hard. We can go back just a few, just one century really, 
to the long winter. How many of you have read this book? I grew up in South Dakota, so I know what a long winter is like. And I read this book with my family on my porch in the summer. <laughs> when we were hot, we read The Long Winter to cool down. <laughs> but Laura Ingalls Wilder tells us what it was like to be cold. So I'd like you to just imagine this. To imagine this hailstorm falling down from the mountain or the blizzard. And think about who can withstand this wintry blast. This is called October Wind. Laura woke up suddenly. She heard singing and a queer slapping sound. Laura's nose was cold. Only her nose was outside the quilts that she was huddled under. She put out her whole head and then she knew why Pa was slapping. He was trying to warm his hands. He had kindled the fire. It was roaring in the stove, but the air was freezing cold. Ice crackled on the quilt where leaking rain had fallen. Did you catch that? Ice crackled on the quilt where leaking rain had fallen. Winds howled around the shanty, and from the roof, all the walls came a sound of scurrying. Carrie sleepily asked, what is it? It's a blizzard, Laura told her. You and Mary stay under the covers. <laughs> Sounds like good advice. Careful not to let the cold get under the quilts, she crawled out of the warm bed. Her teeth chattered while she pulled on her clothes. Mom was dressing too, beyond the curtain but they were both too cold to say anything. They met at the stove, where the fire was blazing furiously without warming the air at all. The window was a white blur of madly swirling snow. Snow had blown under the door and across the floor, and every nail in the walls was white with frost. Pa had gone to the stable, Laura was glad they had so many haystacks in a row between the stable and the shanty. Going from haystack to haystack, Pa would not get lost. A blizzard, Ma chattered. In October, I never <coughs> heard of. That's how it sounds. Absolutely the best. <laughs> she put more wood in the stove and broke the ice in the water pail to fill the tea kettle. The water pail was less than half full. They must be sparing of water, for nobody could get to the well in that storm. But the snow on the floor was clean. Laura scooped it up into the wash basin and set it on the stove to melt for washing it. There's a little winter reality, right? It's a little bit different than our experience of winter in general with our running water and our central heating and our walls that keep the cold out and the heat in. In our reality, sometimes we forget that we aren't self-sufficient. 
Sometimes we think that we can make it on our own and we have enough to get through. But the winter season reminds us that we need so much help and so much assistance just to survive. We really can't make it on our own. <coughs> just think about a winter storm and the panic that people feel and this overwhelming need that everyone has to go to the grocery store. <laughs> right? It doesn't matter what you have at home. You think that if there is a blizzard coming, I must get to the grocery store for potato chips, right? <laughs> or gallons of water. Because we do not believe that we could ever have enough. Right? We could never be secure in how much we have. We always need a little bit more. And some of us here in Maine feel like we've sort of missed out on that. That adrenaline rush that you have right before a storm, right? And then that beautiful, sacred time when all you can do is sit at your window and It's a gift. And we may spend more time in solitude in winter because we spend more time indoors. But even when we do that, we are reminded of how much we still need each other, how much we need relationships. We live in a place where the season of winter always reminds us that we can't just float along in life in our own winds and desires. We must take care of one another. We must remember that we can never have enough to feel totally secure. And it's only God's presence with us in the midst of that wintry blast. Or in the warming spring that can reassure us that we are enough, that we have enough. And we have enough warmth that we should be sharing it with one another. So there is hope, and I didn't read to you the end. Or the next verse in that psalm. The eternal's command ripples across the earth. God word, God's word runs out on swift feet. God blankets the earth in woolly snow, scattering frost like ashes over the land, throws down hail like stones falling from a mountain. Can anyone withstand such wintry blast? But the eternal dispatches a word, and the thaw begins. The spring winds blow, gently stirring the waters back to life. Spring will come. But for now, enjoy the winter. <laughs> There's not really much choice.
So just take it in, in all its beauty and profoundness, and stay warm. And do what you can to make sure others stay warm in body and